there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. I have a question for you. How long does it take for you to get out of the door in the morning with your kids? Um, like what time do they, what time, okay, this is another way of asking the question. What time do you clock in as mom? And then by the time you get them into the car and you're leaving for school? I wake them up at seven o'clock. Okay. And we leave at 7.25, which usually becomes 7.35. Whoa. You run a tight ship. You get all that done in 25 minutes? Well, here, here is, I, I got I to gotta back up though. Because we do a lot of prep the night before. Right. And I am not like ready for the day. Sometimes I'm the last one up because like I usually like they have to get to school earlier than I have to be like prepared for my day. Mm-hmm. So it's usually like I'm going to come back and shower and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much I go upstairs and I say, hey, wake up. And what I make them do is I make them touch their feet to the ground. <laughs> like, okay. let me see your feet on the ground. All right. I'm going downstairs to make coffee. And we have learned in my house. The best is when there's no interference from me. I say, I need to see you downstairs in like 15 minutes. And then I go downstairs and then they come down and they get their backpacks and we walk to the car. Oh, wow. So we don't, we don't interact with each other. It's way better if we don't. Then you are the outlier in this um, article that I saw. Some research shows. I love saying that. Research shows. Research shows. That's why I love that we post these links in the show notes so that um, people can go and find out what research it is that we're citing. Research shows that over the course of a week, we spend the equivalent of a full day's paid work, so eight hours over the course Mm -hmm. of a week, getting our kids ready and off to school. So the amount of time that we spend collectively over the course of the week in the parenting duties that get the kids in the car off to school is equal to one full day of work. Well, I would actually say maybe I'm not that great of an outlier because of how much we do the night before. Exactly. Like yeah, you have to factor that time the in. The packing the backpacks, the organizing things, the packing lunches, the making sure projects are done and stuff like that. Because uh, if you're scrambling around in the morning on that stuff, it's the impossible situation right you know so yeah like directing them to brush their teeth stuff like that you know i would say that there's there's i just break mine up with a sleep in between right (laughs) well yeah you're exactly right because some of the things that are on the the list of items um that would be in that little um part-time job that we have of of well parenting is a full-time job but in this context it says um, things like nagging them to eat breakfast pestering them to brush their teeth um, making sure that they're getting their shoes on then in my case making sure that they're wearing socks and then putting their shoes on Mm -hmm. because I'm a stickler for wearing socks 
and all like do you have this Go folder back, your do sweater. you have this yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. all of that and then Somehow, I don't know how this exactly happens. There's some type of a time warp that we go into in between the time that we leave the actual house. Like I'll yes, look at the... I know this time warp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I look at the time on the microwave mm-hmm. when we leave and I'm like, yes, we're on time. And then we get in the car and somehow 10 minutes has gone by. I, it de- definitely. That's and I didn't I park said, 10 minutes that's away. That's why I said 725, but it's usually 735. Because at 725, it's like, I need you to be like getting in the car. And then by the time we're backing out, I'm like, what, where has the time gone? What exactly. I, so it's a universe. Other people have mentioned this too. And mm-hmm. I just, I wonder, is it now I do have my clock in my car set fast but I do the mental recalculation in my brain of like, I see it says 720 and I know that it's actually 717. No, I use my phone for both venues. So it's consistent. It's just an issue. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a magical it's, it's issue, some, a time warp. If anybody knows what happens, if there's some type of like hole in the space time continuum. Or it's, oh, I need to grab an apple or, oh, my sweater. Oh, I forgot my, you know, whatever. And so we got to run back in or... Uh, because I am not a morning person, a lot of times it's crap. I don't have the keys. Right. <laughs> like like it's, it, it, it will be my faltering too, you know? Well, so in our um, previous episodes, we've talked about different marriage dynamics and, you yes. know, like, um, you know, how your marriage works in a business perspective of like these are our these are our family to do things that we need to be done these and are your roles and yeah, mine. yeah and then like how we how we break up the distribution of labor right. and how if you're in a marriage with two people in the house in the morning um you know how you I know that with with my husband and I it's very much a team effort to get everybody out of the door on time in the mornings because we just are kind of scattered um but I wonder how many people have the conversation of who does what in the marriage or whether it just evolves over time. Yeah, I think a lot of it evolves over time. I think so, too. Well, you just don't know yet. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to live with each other. Yeah. Um, Well, and kind of like in that show, Love is Blind, you know, you have that time when you get to know each other and then you figure out what the other person is good at. Yeah, and what their roles are. What their role is going to be. So... um, I've noticed that in my family that, you know, my husband and I obviously are different people. And so we have different approaches to parenting. Good job not being codependent. <laughs> way, way to go. Trying. Um, and I like to observe people and, and their behavior and their choices and how they do things. And, and over time, I have observed um, my husband's parenting style and my parenting style and how we're the same and how we're different. And I try to take that into consideration when we're doing things. But one thing I came across um, recently was the concept of nagging your kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I saw this article that was specifically about moms nagging daughters. Interesting. And it did not reference sons or fathers, just mothers nagging daughters. And it said that um, moms who nag their daughters, the daughters are more i'm going to use air quotes to say successful because you know, there's lots of ways that you can measure whether or not somebody is mm-hmm. successful um but that it implies that nagging um whether you however you define in the context of this article they're using the word nagging to mean 
um, having high expectations and yeah. continuing to circle mm-hmm. back. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? I mean, that's what some people would call nagging. Mm-hmm. Um, actually led to daughters, girls, having higher levels of confidence and competency. You know, uh, a few things. <laughs> Please, First, indulge us. It's funny. Sometimes I hear my daughter nagging my son and her tonal inflection, the, her word choice, her everything are me. Oh. And it annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> like, And I'm like, oh, she's so horrible. And I'm like, God, and it's me. And it makes me try to modify my behavior toward them. Uh, definitely, it makes me try to be a, a better, you know, better mom. And in the spirit of that, when you mentioned nagging, I said that I wake them up and then I go away and that we have learned in my house that that's the best way to function. It's because staying up there and nagging them just pisses them off and pisses me off and it melts us down in the mornings at my house to a place where I'm like, why aren't you dressed yet? Where's your, you know, like, and when I stand up there and do that, it raises the anxiety in our house to a quite unbearable point. And so we have all learned, like, that's what I've, I talked on the show before about Reset Wednesday mm-hmm. and about these moments. Like, my kids and I have a lot of discussion in calm periods about how to make the not calm periods better, you know? So we know that morning, particularly, is a trigger point for us. Morning is a time where temp, where like, you know, it, the temperature's going to rise in the room uh, anger-wise, you know, because they're not doing things to my pace or to my specs or to whatever. And if I can trust them to do it on their own and to come downstairs by the specified time, all of us are going to be happier. So it takes a lot, uh, like to not nag takes a lot of programmed instruction at another time of day so that I don't have to make that time so naggy. Yes, I I know exactly what you mean because when you were talking through that, I thought, okay, so there's a series of natural consequences that have mm-hmm. happened in the past that have then shaped their behavior. Mm-hmm. So, good job, behavior analyst Heather. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. but the time to you choose the time when the natural consequences happen. You choose a time when you have time it, when. Otherwise, it becomes natural consequences for you, Mm -hmm. you know, like if the natural consequence of, you know, not getting dressed for school is that you're late to school, whose consequence is that really? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I I remember when I was a younger parent, um, having somebody tell me about how like if your child is, um, is acting up at the store to just leave your cart pick up and say, well, we have to go now and leave. And I think Mm -hmm. that punishes me. Right. They want to leave. That's why they're making the fuss. It's so funny. I actually spent a good chunk of this weekend writing an article about myself when I was a very young mom and a behavior analyst. And the struggle that I had to go through to realize that these are my children in an uncontrolled environment that is the world, these are not laboratory 
creatures for me to subdue into my orderly process of antecedent behavior consequence, you know, and really, when they were very young, I had a really hard time with them because I was that mom. I was that mom who was like, I will not reward your inappropriate behavior. And I will just, you know, like, (laughs) so you will scream and I will throw you over my shoulder and we will leave because I'm showing the world what a fantastic freaking scientist I am. There you go. And and, or it could be I'm showing the world what a good mother I am. Yes, I'm showing the world that I am in control here. And you know what? Um, Sometimes it wasn't the healthiest thing for my kids and sometimes it wasn't the healthiest thing for me. When real life gets in the way, you know, you you can see very easily, but we really need this rotisserie chicken. We've got to get through the checkout line because we don't have anything to eat, you know? Yeah, I, I remember being in the parking lot of Trader Joe's um, and if anybody who's been in the parking lot of Trader Joe's knows how many times you have to drive around in circles to find a parking spot. Oh my God. And so we're driving along and um, one of my kids is complaining about the fact that we have to go to the store and we have to, he wants to go home. And I remember just, I like to just level. I just like to level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know what? I don't want to be here either. I want to go home. I want to put my pajamas back on. I want to lay on the couch. I want to watch TV. I want to just space out. Mm -hmm. I can't because I'm in charge of y'all. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any food at home and nobody else is buying food. So I have to go get the food and bring it home. Like, just so you know, I don't want to be doing this either, right. but we have to. Right. And I think that that is so important. And I think back to, back to the Jen Powell episode again, we talked about showing our children and showing the other people in the world that we're not perfect. You know, like, I think that for a long time as a parent, I put up this very like, you know, um, it's time to go to the store and we're going to go to the store. And, you know, like, and like, I don't know this, this, like, this is just, it's because these are the steps of how we do life, you mm-hmm. know? And when I really get down, like you said at that, you know, I'm just going to level with you. Yeah. Everybody hates this shit, kid. <laughs> you know, like everyone hates it. Like you're not alone here. Then it's just, it's, it's more of a teamwork thing then. It's more of a, all right, well, but we're going to get through it. You know, like for, for me too, then I give my kids ownership of those things and that really helps the situation too. So I don't want to go to the store. I don't want whatever. I'm like, well, you get these three items, mm-hmm. you know, and you get these three items and I'm going to go get these four and we'll meet at the front. You right. know, like, good. Everybody gets a break from each other. We're all out <laughs> of each other's face. We get the shopping done faster. You know, whatever. Like, so I, I think that's just a really important piece of it, you know, to level with your kids and anything to, I think that nagging comes into play when we don't feel heard, you know? So sometimes finding a new way to be heard. And I find that that honesty and transparency and we're all on the same team here is the best way in my family for us to get over ourselves and each other and be able to just get things done. I know that I hear my nagging voice or what I consider to be, when I hear myself say it, I then think I probably could have said that better or Mm -hmm. my brain says something that is saying I'm being nag or I'm Mm -hmm. I'm nagging is about um, table manners. Mm -hmm. And I, (laughs) I, I try to level and explain the context of, for one thing, table manners are important to me. I, I grew up um, always having a high expectation of etiquette 
and I I have an appreciation for etiquette and it's important to me. It's also one of those fear-based parenting things because I don't want my kids to go someplace and and embarrass me and people be, feel like people say, oh, she doesn't teach her kids or whatever. But then I also have been in situations where I've shown up in social situations and I didn't know how to act and I felt really um, self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And so I want to teach my kids how to act so that that doesn't happen to them. Mm-hmm. And so um, just this past weekend, we were um, having a family meal and we were um, talking about how I kind of tried to make it like, okay, guys, so there's going to be a time when you go eat at somebody else's house Mm -hmm. and this is how that goes. And it ended up over the course of the conversation of of Robbie and I demonstrating really bad table manners. <laughs> and our boys cracking up laughing because oh, we that. were being uh-huh. so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made it so much more fun to teach. And I I just hope that I can hear myself when I'm getting what I call naggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it's only because I, I give it that name because I feel like I'm... I think what it is is that I'm I feel like what it is is that I'm really telling them you're not okay the way you are and you need to change. Right. And I, I don't like that. saying yeah. that. But the the truth though is that we all have elements of behavior that we have to learn. Mm-hmm. And your parents are some of the only people that can teach you. Your parents and your siblings and you know at the people who are closest to you have to deliver the hard feedback sometimes, you know? And like I have my daughter is extremely hard on herself. Mm. And I find that a lot of times when I'm hard on her about something, minutes later, I'm trying to bolster her up and I'm backtracking and I'm doing a whole like, no, you're great. You're awesome. Like you're, you're, you're like, like I'm, I have to cheerlead for her, you know, be like, you're, you're awesome. You made a mistake. People make mistakes, but that's why we learn. And the reason I'm pointing it out to you is not because I don't love you, but because I do. And because, you know, and, and it turns into this whole, you know, like, I, I think that, you know, it's this careful balance all the time between bolstering their self-esteem and teaching them to not look outlandish and wrong in a social situation or, you know. I remember having a conversation with my son where he tried to throw it back at me that like I said something corrective to him and he threw it back to me as a guilt thing of, oh, well, I guess, you know, I'm just not good enough or whatever. And and I just remember saying, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't talking about your worth as a person. I was talking about the thing that you just did. Right. Two completely different things. Exactly. You are a completely wonderful, great person. Don't emotionally manipulate me. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we're not debating your worth as a person. Your worth as a person is is priceless. Like, Mm -hmm. you're, you're absolutely where you need to be as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you skills. Right. So that you can right. so that you can get through this. It's right. like so no no no. Do not emotionally hijack this conversation. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Did your mom nag you? No, my dad did though. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In what way? Well actually no I got to a point like I always just did everything myself. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I came home from school. 
I set up a TV tray in front of Saved by the Bell on television. <laughs> I got out my math homework, did my math homework. No one ever like told me like no one ever told me to clean my room like just every Sunday I I'm crazy I'm a crazy person and this is how I do you know so every Sunday I would be like well you know I'd wake up at like noon because they did let me sleep till whenever I feel like waking up and it'd be like noon so I would get up and be like I'm gonna clean my room I would take all the porcelain dolls off the shelves and I would dust everything and I would fluff everything back up and put them all back on and clean my freaking room uh so like I I do remember a couple times, like when I was a senior in high school, I didn't really go to high school. I went to college. Um, and so I would have term papers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would be up really late writing them. And I remember my dad being like, you know, you should you should have planned for this. You shouldn't have procrastinated. You shouldn't have, and I remember just being like, guess what? It's getting done. It's not your sleep that's affected. Like, And I get it why he was worried because I'm going to drive 45 minutes, you know, right, in the yeah. snow the next day or whatever. But, you know, like, but no, I, I guess he would, he would nag on some things, but I was always so on top of everything myself and always so self-sufficient that not really, I like, not really. I don't really remember being nagged either. Um, and I don't know that it's necessarily because I was on top of things. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to see my parents next weekend. I'm going to ask them if they re- if they felt like they needed to nag me. You know, that's really funny. I wish that I could ask mine. I'm glad that you can, you're going to get the chance to go do that. <laughs> my parents might be like, "Yeah, um, you just we nagged you. You just weren't paying attention." I have no idea, right? You know, like, yeah, I, and I don't I don't get to confirm or deny. Well, I wonder. So, do you feel like you nag yourself? No, no, no. Your mm-hmm. inner voice doesn't nag you. No, I, I just my my Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. uh, may just crank up and gently remind me to do something. But yeah, no, I don't like. I don't think that I really have a a lot of you know. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. I I think that I probably nag my children more than myself, though. Like I I I, I can see myself being somewhat of a nag occasionally. I don't know if there's a point to any of these questions that I have for you. I was just kind of curious to dive into the concept. Well, first, I thought it was interesting, the concept of mothers nagging daughters, but not having a conversation about sons or fathers in there. Mm -hmm. And and so I didn't really dig in to see whether or not there was anything um, related to sons. Sometimes I feel like mothers are harder on their daughters in general, Um, sometimes because... I mean, I guess I really don't know why, but maybe because I know how to be a woman and I know how hard it can be to be a woman and how wonderful it can be to be a woman. And I just need to get you to the same spot. You know, like, I guess I know all the things that women become responsible for in a family and, you know, the the all the workings of organization that are needed and whatnot that the men, at least in my past maybe didn't have those same responsibilities. So like, but I also, I, I guess I nag at my son too, because I want him to be a good husband someday. I want him to be a good man who contributes and whatnot, you know? So I just, you know, but yeah, I think that it is, it's always in that spirit of, you know, like this is so that 
when you're in the role that you have to be the nag. Right. <laughs> you know how to do it. <laughs> well, some of the some of the article that I read says, well, the study looked at the lives of over 15,000 13 and 14 year old teenage girls for six years. Ooh. Girls who had a main parent, usually the mother, that stayed on top of them about chores, school, and responsibilities were more likely to go to college and have high-paying jobs. Hmm. And and so that, to me, says increases self-efficacy, a, a, a level of self-confidence, and competency. Yeah, I guess, like... I certainly, I said that my dad was more of the nag. I would say that there were times in my life that I would ask myself, you know, what would my dad think of this? Or I need to do, like, I'm I'm expected to do this. You know, like, that person's voice is in your head telling you, you got to get this done, got to get this done, got to get this done. You know, and that voice is not always your own. And I think that, you know, that that kind of lines up with the findings of that. Do you have family meetings? Not like formally scheduled or anything or like, I don't know if we would call it that. But yes, we have, you know, these like Reset Wednesday is a family mm-hmm. meeting. It's a talking point where we go, what's great this week? What sucks this week? And how are we going to fix it? You know, or like, what do we plan to do next summer? Or, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes, informal, but yes. Do you feel like, well, and this is this is the concept that I'm kind of working towards right now is I wish I had thought about this earlier, although there's no point in in, in looking backwards. It, we're, we are where we are now and can only move from where we are now. Um, but I really kind of am liking the idea of having like a family motto or like a family yeah, it's creed. Team. It's team. You know, you need, you need right. a team name. Yeah. Well, and so when I was looking at this research, it says um, that what we consider to be nagging isn't necessarily what we think it is, but it's really about setting consistent expectations as a parent. Mm-hmm. Now, these are the expectations that I have for you. And whether or not we could shift the vocabulary a little bit and say, this is, this is how our family works. Yes. Like at my house, this is how the Fusilet family works. Mm-hmm. And we had an experience with this recently where, um, we had, you know how it is when you have homework and then you have the school week and you have activities during mm-hmm. the week in the evenings and you realize pretty quickly homework has to get done on Monday because we've got scouts on Tuesday, right, we've yeah. got guitar mm-hmm. on Wednesday, you know, mm-hmm. and then we had this conversation where I said homework needs to be done on Monday because we've got this and we've got this on Tuesday and this on Wednesday. And then um, the suggestion was, well, I can just do it on Thursday. And then I said, we, so I said, fusillets don't leave things till the night before. Mm-hmm. And I just heard myself say it. We don't leave things till the night before. Yeah. We've never talked about that. But right. I just kind of like arbitrarily made that a family rule. Yes. Like this is uh-huh. the benchmark of where we're going mm-hmm. to, to be. And those words kind of car- started to roll around in my head. And I thought that is kind of like one of our family mottos or yeah. our family mm-hmm. like tenets. A mantra for you guys it's yeah a, uh-huh. and then I wonder what else it what else defines our family what are our values mm-hmm. 
I think that um, I, I wrote a travel article not long ago about how to travel with your kids and, you know, giving your kids jobs and, and all these different things. And one, one of the things with my kids when we travel is I always tell them, like it's, it's part of like our family values. I tell them when we are abroad, you are representing yourself you are representing me and your family. You are representing your state, your country. You know, like, and that, that's, that's really, it, it boils down to our country in a big way. I'm like, <laughs> look, you, I, I, I tell them, you might be the only American that these people ever meet. And you cannot be no an pressure. asshole. You know, you cannot be an asshole. Like, you know, so like, but I mean, it is one of those things that you, you create these things that are the vision for what you want your family to look like. Right. And I, honestly have very strong feelings that making it a we and not a you need to is extremely important and since my divorce my kids and I have become a team Mm -hmm. and becoming a team has meant that we communicate openly and honestly about all these things that we have shared goals that everybody has different strengths that they need to contribute to make the ship run you know um and being a cog in the wheel of a bigger thing instead of mom being, you know, always the leader that makes the stuff tick has helped our family just tremendously. Yeah. I like that shift. Uh, I like that shift away from nagging and more towards, you know, bringing us back to our mission as a family mm-hmm. and our, our purpose, our, our creed as a family like um, that of that being that, you know, we don't talk, <laughs> if I bring it back down to like the, the little things of um, etiquette, etiquette and manners are all about making people feel comfortable around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's something that the reason why we remind each other of those things is because that's something that, that we do in our family. Mm-hmm. Well, so, um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I saw that study and I thought it was interesting and I wanted to know what you thought about it. And I really like how we landed on this idea of creating a, a mantra slash creed slash vision statement for how our family works and what our values are. I like that too. And I want what we're going to nag each other about. I want everybody to go revisit the Reset Wednesday article too, because I think, you know, these are good things and and that's really what it is. Let's let's make our families work the best and easiest we can. And with a little bit of planning in the times that are not upheaval and crazy, you can make those times more bearable. And I think that the key to that, since I'm a parenting expert today, mm-hmm. is um, making today. sure that <laughs> <laughs> making sure your kids know that you've got their back. Yes. That, yeah, I, I have high expectations. I expect you to, you know, to remember these things that we've talked about at home. But it, but no matter what, I've got your back. And so if you screw it up or you for, if you forget, then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to catch you. Awesome. All right. Well... That was interesting. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> Go on and tell us about your parenting um, hacks. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, Instagram, Facebook, website, wherever you want to find us, Chrissy and Heather. And whenever you hear yourself nagging to your kids, ask what part of my family mantra, my family motto is this coming from and see if you can shift it around into I've got your back. And here's a reminder. Awesome. Until next time. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. 
And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.